Hey everyone, Wesley Smith here, Tree Service Digital and Tree Service Marketing Profits Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We got another awesome episode. I think you're going to get a ton of value at it. You got a seasoned expert um, in the tree service space on with us today. So if you're on YouTube, uh, like and subscribe to our channel. We got plenty more expert interviews coming up that I think you'll get a lot of value out of, as well as webinars and topics on tree service marketing to really grow your business and position yourself as the expert branded tree company in your local market. But today we got a returning guest who we're super pumped to have on, Andy Felix, the uh, founder and past president of Tree Tech Inc. up in Massachusetts. Andy, thanks so much for joining us again today, man. Hey, it's my pleasure, Wes. Um, glad to be here with you. Thank you so much. I know you got plenty of stuff to share that I think is going to provide a ton of value. A lot mm. of people that follow and watch the podcast and listen to it and things like that, either either on the audio or watch the YouTube version. Um, a big thing, I think, these days and a big trend is, like we were talking about before the, the recording started, is kind of selling out to private equity, the, the mom and pop companies across the country, and maybe mm. just an exit strategy. You know, if you've been in it for decades and you've grown a successful company, and and that's something that that you're um, very aware of. And, and actually, now you know the whole process because you've been through it yourself. So it's awesome to have you on. Thanks. I do have some pretty good... Um information and and firsthand uh well I'll say firsthand information on the subject mm -hmm. um it's been going on for three years now um actually probably even longer but um there's so many inquiries coming into the uh to me via email by phone um by mail and I, I mean just having interest in in buying our company so it was, uh, I didn't know if that was something that was going on for everybody or if it was specific to us. It just wasn't the kind of thing I could go around and find out about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, so one of the things I guess first is um, you kind of have in the back of your mind after so many years or decades, probably, you know, you've been thinking about it a little bit. Maybe I want to sell it or, you know, anybody watching, maybe you want to sell it or maybe you want to possibly pass it down, have a succession plan or something like that. But in Andy's case, I think, you know, selling what it, it made the most sense, I guess, for you. And so you kind of started going down that path maybe. Yeah. So it was at first, you know, I, um, I have kids who my kids who, um, and one stepson who, who work here at the company. And um, like three years ago, we uh, looked into, passing you know selling the company to them and for a variety of reasons it's just and we were working with a third party which is something i recommend for any of these uh transactions Not like um, a mediator type for, person that has experience yeah, yeah. an advisor um mm -hmm. someone who's you know looking at it objectively and not you know personally and um anyway my my kids are great workers. They're good kids, but it just was probably a little bit too much um, to put on them to to continue on. And I didn't want to put my retirement um, on and, and that pressure on them. Mm -hmm. So um, we took that off the table. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, because we have such a great staff and, uh, you know, long tenured employees, and I did look at the ESOP 
option two, which is the employee stock ownership plan, which a right. number of companies have gone to. Mm-hmm. And um, and for us, again, it was just and again working with the third party advisor, um, it didn't uh, appear that to be the best strategy for us. That's all. Well, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to go with that. There right? are. So you kind of just pivot to which one makes the most sense for your personal situation, family mm-hmm. situation, and all of that, like you mentioned. So that's yeah. kind of what went into your thought process, I assume. So, yeah, it 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 did. It, and, you know, I, it's still I'm still a little conflicted. Yeah. Through the whole thing, but um, because but I find like as we would talk, we spoke earlier about <clears throat> excuse me the uh, um going to the next level, like those guys down in tri-state, you know, yeah. if I can mention a name where, you know, now they're in the acquisition um, phase of their mm-hmm. company and, and to, to create opportunity to continue to create opportunities here, that would, would probably have been the route we would, I would have had to have taken. And, and I didn't feel good about that. Um, yeah. You know, well, based on, yeah, a whole other set of things to do and learn, probably with that regard, you know. And you yeah. built an extremely successful tree service company in your market, so it's kind of like you know what makes the most sense for everybody is going to probably differ a little bit, right? So exactly, exactly, and um, and so now you know under our current situation, I I believe that the people that have been here and and helped this business grow have more opportunities for growth, and um you know, through management, um, you know, all different um, um, positions will become available, you know, as the, as the, uh, the, the company grows. So they, they actually, they, we sold the company to a private equity firm and, mm-hmm. and it was, we were their first acquisition. Mm-hmm. And so we're their flagship company. Okay. And, um, then, then they went on to start another company called Tree Care Partners, and uh, since they've acquired us, they've bought three other tree companies in the area. Oh wow! Okay, so it's almost like they yeah. got baseline and kind of figured out kind of the moving parts to getting it done and evaluation and and, and yep. doing the whole thing. And now they're kind of they're, it doesn't sound like they're moving kind of quick now. Yeah, they you know they looked at this space, they thought it was on kind of untapped mm-hmm. uh, and watching save a tree move along yeah. on a number of companies. I, I think they thought they could compete there some and, and offer a little more, but I'm not here to sell that or to sell what I've done. I'm sure. just really here with you to help, you know, uh, companies look towards that, that goal. Cause eventually you got to make a move if you have a successful company. Right? Yeah, exactly. Cause otherwise, you know, as you, maybe continue to get older or maybe you're less interested in putting in the amount of hours that you have in the past. You don't want the revenue to start decreasing and declining, therefore maybe decreasing the value of your company. Right. So it's like, you got to make that decision at some point. So that kind of sets the stage for kind of like how it all kind of started. So this company was um, kind of on the list of, of of a company that possibly wanted to acquire tree tech. And you started having the conversations with them. Take us through kind of what they kind of started looking at, what what the meetings were like. Did they they schedule meetings in 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 the office and wanted to kind of go through some financials probably and talk to the personnel and 
don't know, oh, like yeah. Just, the whole gambit, I mean, yeah. is, is called due diligence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all confidential and, um, you know, uh, it's very, for, it's formal, mm-hmm. the formal process. Um, uh, you know, you have a notice of intent and you have the, all this uh, technical uh, details have to be in place. But, um, you know, really the, the biggest part of this, and which is probably the weakest part for a lot of tree companies, is the financials. Yeah. You know, and th- that financial part, me personally, would never really interest me. Like, you know, I'm an arborist. I like to do tree work. I like to meet with people. I like, that's my, that's my thing. The financial aspect, as long as we're profitable and paying bills, you know, uh, it was okay. But, you know, when it gets down to this point, the importance of these details, um, is huge. And, um, and if there's companies out there that really aren't managing their financials properly and filing taxes on time and, and you know, all the fundamental business um, um, requirements, you know, it's it's going to take value away from your company. Right. So keep uh, accurate books and keep detailed books and, and probably just make sure because some of these street companies that that watch this or maybe are viewing this right now or, you know, in, in a, on a later date when they see it later, they're, they might be doing a million bucks or three million bucks or five million bucks a year in annual revenue, which is good. They're on their way. They're doing they're doing great growing the company. And then but you've got to plug in somebody like maybe just an experienced, you know, bookkeeper and accountant that you know, you go through these things and just get everything accurate because that's the roadmap that this buyout, they're going to, they're going to look at all that. Right. And that's how they evaluate what they're going to pay for the company. They want, you know, even just the basic things like reconciling your checking account. I mean, you know, that I'll be honest, we had, we didn't, we weren't up to date with it. It got, Mm -hmm. it got, um, it got ahead of us and, you know, it, it was a little humbling, some of this stuff. Sure. But fortunately for us, we had so many other, you know, strengths that we were able to overcome some of those deficiencies. But, uh, it, you know, but it, all of this, you know, and getting and looking to the future for, for companies, it's going to make you a better business if you really do have a focus towards the uh, end of, of your career because mm-hmm. if you're really thinking about the maximum value of your company then you're going to do things right you know like not to be a promote accreditation at tcia but you know i think having gone through that process really raised the bar for our company and i think it does for the other all the companies that go through it and um that gets you everything in place. If you weren't aware of it before, now you now you are, and yeah. and those are important factors in, in in increasing your company's value. Yeah, and just the the professionalism and the the benchmark that you strive for as a company, and the reviews and testimonials you get, your rating, your reputation. I think a lot of that goes just back to the basics and. You know, if you so, get bad, so true. yeah, and if you got bad ratings and bad reputation, 
wouldn't that kind of sour uh, the relationship of somebody trying to buy the company? They might not even want to go down that path if they got a bunch of bad reviews online already or something anyway. You wouldn't get a call. Right. If that was the case. Mm -hmm. Another big um, thing there is, is to be recognizable, you know, as a, if not personally, then as a company, like being a member of a trade association, I think is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, and I, and it just goes a long way in increasing your professionalism anyway. But that if you're a member there, then you're, you know, people from the outside at least have a chance to find you, mm-hmm. you know, and because uh, most people in the trade associations tend to be more professional yeah. and more successful. Yeah. And their perception is that you're, you're on the up and up and you're learning the newest and latest and greatest things in arboriculture and tree service and tree care. If you're plugged into those associations like the TCA right. or ISA and, um, yeah. and that kind of goes with your marketing and branding too, because it says exactly. a lot of who you are as a company, I think too. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking, well, we work, I, I think if one other thing I'd like to point out is like utilizing third parties in general like yourself mm-hmm. as a marketing company. Like I always thought I was pretty good at marketing, you know, myself and, and I didn't do bad, but boy, once I, you know, learned and, and heard from people like yourself, um, they, they really can make the phone ring, you know, and when I work with someone professional like you guys, I'd be worried about keeping up with the amount of business that could be generated um, so looking back, I wish I had, you know, done that more so than trying to do it myself. Get everything kind of locked in and, and dialed in properly. So everything, yeah. everything kind of works off of each other online. A lot of it does. Yeah. 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 It, it really does. And, and, you know, how much can you do it? Like the, the saying, you know, you shouldn't be working, you know, in your, you know, in your business you should be working on it. Right. And that was a mistake I made. Um, forever yeah no i mean it's true it's because you're you're not going to know every little moving part to the marketing or the operations or the the personnel or the hr or you know what i mean it's just tough to be good at all of those things where they say the jack of all trades is the master of none exactly and you you try to do that right in your company but it's impossible once you get to a certain size anyway so that's true and you know what if you can't do it internally then you know it, it pays to find the right people to work with in, in all of it from even if you don't have your own mechanic to ha- having a good, reliable mechanic, um, you know, there and, and be loyal to all those things really uh, make such a difference. Oh, yeah. Time is money. I mean, if the trucks are sitting there broke down, that's not going to make you any money. Oh, and, you know, even like payroll, I, I don't know how many people do their own payroll. But I think that's crazy to do your own payroll. (laughs) Well, there's so many changes going on too, week to week with personnel and everything, right? Oh my God. And then, you know, all the, uh, you know, regulations and, and, you know, so forth. I mean, it's just peanuts really to have a a payroll company. And then the peace of mind too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the liability is on them if they just screw up. Mm -hmm. So some good nuggets so far. I mean, I think some of the, the key points, you know, is, is keep good books, keep accurate books, make sure you stay on top of your financials and don't just try to wing it. 
because somebody, an outsider looking in, if they're going to do this due diligence process, that's really all they have to go by to know what they're about to buy, right? It's mm. kind of the numbers that the company generates. Yeah, of course, your business is a well-known entity. It's branded. Everybody loves it. It's great. Well, the branding thing is big. Yes. You know? I just I, wanted I, to I, emphasize that too. I mean, we do, you know, that was, we did a lot of things well. Um, that was one of them, you know, is having a brand. And I think to, um, you know, having your equipment all be this, you know, the same color or whatever, your uniforms on your people. And I mean, that adds value, a mm -hmm. lot of value uh, to a potential uh, buyer. Yeah. I and mean, that's commonly overlooked. Yeah. I see that yeah. a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and then another funny thing was like with equipment, like a lot of guys, like our approach wasn't always in the best, but we had some pretty good mechanics here and fabricators. So we tended not to replace equipment, you know, and, uh, but always had it. If, it, if, if it looked good at 15 miles an hour going down the road, mm -hmm. then that was acceptable to, right, us, right. to us. Like that was, <laughs> that was the threshold. But if you like have a list of equipment that you're given a potential buyer um, and in, and it's 15 years old mm -hmm. you know, to you, it might look, you know, like it's fine mm -hmm. and it is, but to a buyer, that's an old piece of equipment and it doesn't really have the value that you think it would have. As right. Yeah. They so might it's be an interesting thing. Fixer upper. They, they might look at it as something that they've got to fix and replace. It's like a liability, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, cause I talked to a guy, we were working with in um, the Ohio market and they went from, they had several investors pool their money together to start this tree service company. And it grew from zero to, I think around $3 million in revenue in like three years. And they yeah. just did a ton of marketing, direct mail and digital and everything. And uh, that's what he had told me. He's like, it just doesn't make sense for us to have, since we're kind of, you know, ramping up and just con you know, constantly adding new crews and everything, it doesn't make sense for us to have old equipment. It's just best for us to buy new and 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 then just pay the payments on it. Yep. They were super profitable. They were pricing their services correctly and, you know, having nice. enough estimates and appointments to go on to get their fair share of work anyway. So they're like, we have enough income to support it. So we just, we don't want the breakdowns and the hassles, I think, of the used equipment. It's a great, it's really the right approach. I mean, I think if you were to do an analysis from what I've been told by others in the industry that, you know, buying new versus, you know, used in the long run is is less expensive. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people have that debt thought, you know, I don't want. To yeah. But at the same time, the headaches that it. Uh, minimizes by having the newer equipment. It's it's just a fine line. A lot of people have this, you know, and there's I don't think there's any right or wrong with that, with your personal thoughts and beliefs on debt. Right. I think it, you, you're right. I mean, I think the newer equipment is going to keep you moving faster. And, you know, then the older stuff, there might be a few more headaches, but. Right. That, you might even eliminate the need for a mechanic, you know, or two. Uh, you, everything's under warranty. You, you depreciation, you know, yeah, you fully true. depreciate it. And then, yeah, if it's over well, a certain well, if it's over a certain weight, you can appreciate the whole thing the first year or something like that, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, there's so there's those items too. Yeah, um, which if you're making money helps mm. a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So that approach is is a good one if you can get your arms around it. It's just like you said, the debt is a little uh, overwhelming. You just yeah. got to keep it in line. Yeah. Know?
I agree. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, everybody's got a different personal belief with that, you know, so it's like, it's no right or wrong way, I don't guess, but it's just kind of what your comfort level is. And, you know, if you've got a sustainable, um, consistent business, then I think it probably makes the most sense to do it that way, to get the newer yeah. stuff. And, um, yep. but yeah, so, so, you, so you bring and in. And also you keep mm -hmm. in compliance with, you know, DOT stuff too. Mm -hmm. you, you're not running, you know, an older piece of equipment down the road to get pulled over. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're finding there's a leaf spring broken or whatever, and you're getting walloped with, you know, fines and, and so forth. So, Another point, those are those hidden things that you don't foresee coming, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. Drive, and for the guys in the field, the people in the field, they, they'd rather drive and, and use nicer, newer equipment than, you know, unreliable you know, don't know if you're going to make it to the job or not. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, because you got appointments set, right? You don't want to miss them. No. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's a lot of interesting comparisons and, and reasons to do things. Right. So it makes it a little bit more valuable to have the newer equipment. That's a good point. So yeah. that's one of the things maybe to think about as you're growing your company, whether to buy yeah. like older used stuff just to save some money or, and the perception is you might be saving some money up front, but over the long haul, the next two, three, four, five years, you might not really be saving any money because you're repairing it more often, having to hire mechanics more often. So there's that too. Um, and so we've done both here. Yeah. And, um, I tell you, I wouldn't sell a piece of a, some of the equipment that we really ran into the ground. I, I just yeah. would feel terrible to sell some of that stuff there. Yeah. Because I know what it's been through. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, a coat of paint and things are, uh, you would never know. Yeah. You never know what some things have been through. So and, they're buying all of that, right? They're buying the business, the brand, the the financials, the, the equipment, like they're buying, the buyer's buying all of that stuff. So, you know, all of these things are important to kind of discuss, I think, because people going down that road. So, so they, so the guys come in and you guys start meeting, you go through the financials. What's kind of the, um, the thought process with like the employees and the staff when all this is taking place? Like, is there a comfort level there that the buyer kind of gives them or do you give them or how did that go? Well, you know, it was recommended to me not, and I almost, I don't really like this, but that it don't, it's, you don't discuss it. Okay. Well, they really shouldn't. It's not good to share. The well, because it may not happen, right? So may not happen. Yeah. It's, that puts a whole level of uncertainty mm -hmm. into your company. Um, then the rumors, you know, start and then there's, you know, it's just, it, it could be very damaging um, if it's not handled right. Yeah. And, uh, but believe me, it, it was super important to make this right. And that's why I'm still sitting here now is because I want to make sure that everybody is good, you know, and and everything that we said would happen or not happen is accurate. Um, we put together a million dollar retention plan, you know, as part of the deal between the buyer and, and myself. Mm -hmm. So after uh, five years, um, uh, a group of individuals will will share in a half a million dollars. And then uh, the following year, uh, the same will happen if they stay on. Okay. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That is. That's a good incentive to keep the staff and the team you know, together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that came, you know, that was a third party, mm -hmm. you know, 
giving me their expertise and not and wisdom and uh and i think it was really i i wanted to do something i just mm-hmm. didn't i didn't even think of that and now we have it that's so a great that's a great share yeah think about that that would give everybody the incentive to do the right thing to keep the team together keep the staff on board keep everybody kind of thinking positively too right about the whole right. thing because um, the bio wants you know if you have a good staff strong staff and, and team and culture they if they're smart they're going to want to preserve that i mean that that's got so much value in itself absolutely that's who's uh-huh. touching the clients every day right yeah yep and the client thing is important too like we did a very good job of being diversified mm-hmm. uh, on our client base and um so that was an attractive thing uh to a buyer as well because, you know, we had a, a, you know, a good split with commercial and residential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we uh, we do some utility work, which has been good for us. Um, not everybody does that. You know, the utility mm-hmm. part, uh, I never thought we would. But it really worked out well. And we have guys who like doing the work. We have guys who are, who can manage it. And, um and the utility we work for really likes us. So it's very good and consistent recurring revenue. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a big thing. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, the plant healthcare really does uh, increases value or whatever you can do to be on a property more than once every three to five years to prune big trees or whatever. You know, if you could see your clients, you know, one to six times for different treatments or a consultation or whatever, that that's that's valuable. That holds a lot of value because that's that's they know that that's predictable revenue coming in again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, they like contracts. You know, mm-hmm. we only have the one contract, believe it or not, it's just that utility piece. Everything else for us is re- relationship based. Mm hmm. And so we might have a few blanket purchase orders for some, you know, properties. Um, but most everything else is informal, right. which is not necessarily good, but we roll with it uh, pretty well here. So you bring up a good point. I'm glad you brought that up about customers, too. So is, would you say keeping a good database and records of all mm-hmm. of your customers and the dates and jobs and notes and work that you've done for each client? That's pretty important, right? For them to be able huge, to take a look at. Huge. Because from a goodwill standpoint, um, and, you know, and and the, to have that history of what's been done and, and so forth, really is, uh, it just, it verifies yeah. you know, what, what's going on mm-hmm. and what has gone on and what's, you know, what's real. Yeah. And I imagine too, they might select a couple of them and go, okay, we want to take care of this one. This is a million dollar a year contract. We want to take care of this one. So it gives them an opportunity to make sure they don't lose some of those big ones either, you know? For sure. And they asked, you know, I think I gave them 10 different people to call to just, so they could um, just inquire about us and our level of professionalism and service and, you know, and, 
obviously we could prep people to do that, but that's not how we roll. We're just, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. If we if we have to do something like that, then that's Hey, if somebody calls you, make sure you pour it on real thick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll get hey, you. Man. I got a good, uh, you know, gift certificate for you. If you yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. And the relationships over the years speak for themselves. And then they're happy to do that type of thing for you without even asking. Right. Really, right? So as yeah. a matter of fact, I, I haven't really made a public announcement mm-hmm. about this to to our client, our clientele. But um, the, those I do when I do meet with people, right, do try when I'm transitioning to another salesman, some of my mm-hmm. accounts. Um, that people are very happy for me, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, it's not a negative, um, no. or, or anything like that. They may be happy to see me go. I don't know, but that's nah, um, probably the, it's probably the other, it's probably the opposite. Yeah, no, it is. And, and that's, but then again, that's another thing. Like I was working in my business because that's what I like to do, mm-hmm. you know? And so that now it makes transitioning that much harder. But I'm not saying don't stop selling if you're the owner or whatever. Um, it's just whatever you're comfortable with. But it is true to be working on your business rather than in it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So. What Another thing you said, too, is just diversifying the types of clients you have. And I think that a lot of people, if they focus too much on residential or too much on utility or too much on commercial or too much on one segment, it kind of puts all your eggs in one basket and keeping you a little bit more at risk for something to, to turn the other way. So I think that's a great point is just do a little bit of everything. And probably Andy, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It, like as you grow and you get more resources, more crews, more good top-notch equipment, you probably just, it's easier to land some of those bigger contracts because now a you've got, you've got the experience, you've got the folks, you've got the equipment, you can be reliable for those bigger types of stuff and repeat stuff. And you just totally. go get that when you first start, right? So true, really. Yeah, it, and, you know, and, and then they, there's a safety aspect of things. I mean, you know, contractors or or municipalities or whatever, they'll look into your um, your workers' comp rating, your mm-hmm. mod, you know, the work, the mod, they call it the modification. And if if you, that that's an indicator of how safe a company you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a factor in getting those contracts too. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. see companies that, you know, have accidents on their properties. Yeah. Um, you know, things do happen, but if you take safety seriously, I think that's another big value um, uh, increaser. Oh right. yeah, no, it's it's marketing and branding too. That's part of your angle, probably, right? I mean, it's yeah, the safety yeah. thing though is mm-hmm. really important. I think for all of us in this industry, no matter what. Oh yeah, that's the priority for sure. And um, and you know they looked at our workers' comp rating, and then we had a couple of incidents. They wanted to know the details about it, and you know, just being honest, honest. Yes. Honesty rules in all of this. You, know, yeah. you can't bullshit things. And what we've seen, you know, just from, in, from what I've heard, uh, in looking at some of these companies out there that, you know, are looking to sell, they have some skeletons in their closet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an that's an eliminator. That's not even a, a value decreaser. That's a yeah. because 
if you have, if you're paying cash to people, if you have undocumented employees, if you, you know, whatever those things are, those little things that you might think are saving money, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you're avoiding different, you know, workers comp or payroll tax, any of that stuff. I mean, you can't have accurate financials if you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so how, and then it just skews everything. Yeah. And, I imagine too, the buyer thinks to themselves, okay, we're this big parent company, hedge fund, private equity, whatever we're called. And we're not going to go buy a business that's going to get us in hot water or the potential to be in hot water. So we're not even going to go down that road. So you do, you're right. You, they probably don't get a second look after that, right? They so, don't. Yeah. I mean, because they just can't. They can't afford, they, they can't risk they that. Can't attru- they can't yeah. trust a lot at that point. Mm-hmm. Even though you could be a great guy, a good yeah. arborist, a good person. And you know, you, you're doing that stuff that is not legit in a way. It's still can't overcome it now and like you said just honesty is the best policy with it because as they dig they're going to uncover some other things that might tie back into that one thing that you're trying to hide or whatever they're going to eventually find it you know exactly so if you you know i thought that was worth mentioning today too is if that's how you're rolling Mm -hmm. you know just look down the road you know to know that if this is you know every we all everybody's got to consider this at some mm-hmm. point. Sure. Uh, and uh I've seen other companies, you know, just dissolve and not and not keep going because the owner just got fed up. The owner died right unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just a shit show. Nobody knows how to do everything but the one person. And so yeah. <clears throat> They really, yeah, they want a company that can run on its own without mm-hmm. the owner, too. That's another thing, but that's not essential as other things are. Well, that's a good segue into the next piece. And um, those are all very, very valuable tips. If you're watching this, guys, leave a comment if you got a question for Andy or myself or anything like that. Leave a comment on the YouTube video or podcast. But it kind of transitions into the the next thing is so when you're talking to these these buyers. Um, is there some sort of conversation about how long you, the owner, is going to stay involved or stay plugged in or stay doing X, Y, and Z for how many years and that type of thing? How did that go? Yeah, that that's a great um, point to, to talk about. Uh, like, so, you know, being involved in the uh, in the associations and, and, you know, knowing of other transactions that have happened, um, you know, I, I don't really probe into the personal stuff of uh, a lot of those deals. If they want to share things, that's great. If not, I, you know, so I don't know if there's a standard there that you could go by. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have heard that some have uh, deals have earnouts. Right. Where the, uh, and I always said to myself when I got to this point that there's no way I want that. Yeah. Burnout thing. That's pressure, man. Yeah. You, know? yeah, you gotta stay yeah. plugged in for a good bit longer to get yeah. that all that, right? Yeah. I mean, to make a you know, if if you want X, then you gotta do X plus, you yeah. know, in sales and profitability. So that does there is those deals out there. Mm-hmm. Um for me, you know, it was um it was up to me. Mm-hmm. 
I, I chose to stick around. Uh, and like I said earlier, to make sure that things are being managed and handled the way we thought that they would. And so far, so good. And as a matter of fact, in the last few weeks, I haven't even been coming in every, you know, to work. Yeah. Uh, I'm still working, but I'm working from home and, mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm transitioning. Sure. Uh, Next but, chapter. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like I've heard of deals where they need, you know, and it's not like an earnout situation. It's just that they want you there for two years, for mm -hmm. one year. Um, but so I'm still on the payroll here as mm -hmm. a consultant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm still transitioning my clients over to uh, the, the appropriate salesperson mm -hmm. uh, for that area. And, um, you know, so there's a process for so, sure. So what you're talking about with the earnout thing, just so I'm clear on it and everybody may be watching too, like you can get X up front, stay for two years, let's call it, for example. And if we hit this revenue benchmark or profitability benchmark, there's another X pile coming later for you. Or you can probably, there's a couple options they probably give you, or we'll just give you this lump sum up front or however that works, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there'll be holdbacks, you know, is another thing that goes with it. And I might not be getting this terminology right, you know, so don't, you know, go by me on this, but so, you know, th those are different deal structures, just as you mentioned, Wes, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you have a good handle on it, uh, but that's how, that's an earn out pretty much. Gotcha. Like our guys said to us, if we exceeded our sales uh, from 2022, I mean, from 2021, they were going to pay us 50 cents on a dollar for every dollar of revenue we went over from the year before but guess what <laughs> we didn't make it oh really yeah yeah well you know things have really slowed down for there's, us. there's i mean there's just all kinds of things going on i mean you just never know right that's not really predictable probably so and yeah. and you know what it wasn't essential at all it was an offer to, mm -hmm. you know to incent it was uh incentivize us to you know not take our foot off the gas right and and we really didn't take our foot off the gas it's just that things changed business-wise mm -hmm. i'm sure you probably are well aware yeah of how things are and um it was just a coincidence but timing is important mm -hmm. on things too and if you're in an off if you know you're, you're having an off year or um or whatever it's not the best time to sell company yeah you want to sell a company when it's had, you know, some a good uh, few years that are, you know, legitimate, profitable, um, documentable years. A good, a good ascending trend, right? Like you going right. up every single year type thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was bummed out that the numbers, you know, flattened out here because uh, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't want them to feel like they didn't get the value that they thought. Right. But, you know, in looking deeper into the industry, I mean, the industry from Google analytics, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if you go into this part of it, but the industry in it itself is down 10%. Yeah. 
in some areas we see it like that in some areas yeah. it's still kind of you know kind of humming along pretty well it's moving and, yeah. and a lot of it depends on like like we're going back to kind of the beginning part of the meeting is your branding and your and your brand in the area if you have that strong brand it's yep. not affecting those companies quite as much as some of the startups or some of the newer people that perhaps don't have the name in the area but you're yeah. correct i mean there is some decrease in search volume and things like that in certain areas and stuff like that. So we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, so that was interesting. You Mm -hmm. know, I didn't expect that. I don't think they did either. Yeah. But, uh, and you know, I I mean, we still have work. Don't get me wrong. It's Mm -hmm. just that it wasn't the six to eight week backlog that we had for the last couple of years. Yeah. And then you stay in audit too. I think, um, is probably important, even if you're not coming in every day, but you're still kind of a part of the business. And even though you're a consultant and maybe not doing the same roles you had before, it probably goes a long way with the staff and the people and the whole team of people, a part of tree tech, because they look up to you. You're the founder, you started the company, they, you know, you've helped everybody in some capacity along the way. So they probably do enjoy still seeing you around. And so that probably goes a long way too, for the, the company morale, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it going either, you know, one way or the other. I think you're right. Yeah. For me, I feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it seems like, you know, people like having me around. That was that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some people miss having me around as frequently as I was as I wa- was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, I mean, we're like a family here. And yeah. And that's where, you know, it's a little weird, but I know that I, I did the right thing um, for everybody involved. And uh, I still have some questions, but I I, yeah. I, I got to get over it. Well, it sounds like it was a win-win-win all the way around. And I mean, of course, there's always going to probably be little bit of hesitation or a little bit of reluctance or a little bit of maybe I should have did this or should have did that. I mean, that's probably, that's the case with everything in life almost. Where True. You're the decision, yes. right? Thank you for saying and, that. And that's a big decision too, to, to, yeah. to sell your company or, or whatnot. That's something that you've been working on for decades and, and it's not probably not something anybody takes lightly when you get to that point. So yeah, it's true. You're right. Yeah. And I think that it's important that people, uh, company owners, um, you know, really take this seriously and um, have a have a goal. Like, you know, we never had goals here. I, yeah. I, I can't believe, like, for all that I've learned and, and so forth all the years, still never set a, a friggin' goal. Yeah. That was a big, I think that was a mistake um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And despite that, we did pretty damn good. But had we had some firm goals and uh, um, objectives, I think it would have been that much better. So I, you know, I I think if you're not goal setting or or milestones or whatever, um, you should take another look at that. Yeah, that's a great point because you don't really know where you're going unless you kind of have a map and a target to get there. And um, yeah. with, with you guys, even without a goal, I mean, if you're, you're growing, you probably the thought process is too, where we're growing steady year over year for decades. It's kind of like, well, we're kind of getting there anyway. So, you That's know. exactly how it went. I yeah. mean, we, there was, it was always pretty, very positive and, and so forth, but it was kind of despite not having the goals, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. 
Um, but this one has so much value to it if you really are focusing on on, on the succession. Yeah. Because if you want to get the most value, you know, you got to get your shit together. Yeah. No, no, no. And that's why I wanted to go through this with you and, yeah. and kind of get your your tidbits on it and your your point of view, because you've just been through it, right? You yeah. just recently went through it. And a lot of people are probably thinking about that. And so we went through a lot of really, really good points. And, and I definitely want to be respectful of your time too, and not take you up. Yeah, man. No, it's good. I think we hit a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And I mean, is there any other like, um, just, you know, maybe things that just pop up in your head that maybe look out for as you're going through this process or some of the things to think about? Well, I could tell you that when I, that because there was so much activity um, and interest in this company that I really, I wound up hiring a broker. Mm -hmm. And, and I really think that that was one of the smartest things I've done because we got 11 offers for the company and those qualified offers because the broker made sure that whoever was eligible to uh, make an offer had the wherewithal to pay. Right. right. I mean, so that was on them. You yeah. know, the tire sure. kickers wasting time and stuff. Yeah. 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 And so they did that due diligence. Um, and granted, I paid for that, mm -hmm. but they, they, you know, kept the emotion at, at a you know minimum um, and really kind of paved the way they negotiated my lease, you know, for me on the building, oh, cool. which what yeah. the hell do I know about that? Yeah, I just right. did. You know, maybe some people are way more knowledgeable than I am, so they probably could have done it themselves. But I know that it, it, it I've, I've done way, way better mm -hmm. on those on everything because uh, of someone else's knowledge and expertise. So that that's what I'll. That's a good point. No, I mean, those people do that every day, probably. So they kind of know all the pitfalls and shortcomings and things to look for, right? Before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. They put us out to the marketplace without, you know, uh, with confidentiality. Mm -hmm. Of course, some people knew exactly who it was. Right. And, but it's, that's kind of unavoidable. They put two and two together. Like, wow, well, we know yeah. what company this is. This is the, the bigger companies around anyway. Yep. And they called. Let's see. Well, but, good points. Yeah. Great, great shares. Yeah. That's uh, everything's good. I mean, it's a matter of getting your books together. Kind of, we touched on in the beginning, getting the books together, getting the financials accurate in place. Cause at some point, if you want to sell, that's going to be a big elephant in the room. That's got to be addressed. Yeah. Right. No um, doubt. And, yeah. and, you know, a lot of people don't like, don't really no. want to pay attention to it because you're working so hard in the field and, yeah. you know, you got so many other uh, balls to juggle mm -hmm. that that's one that, you know, can get dropped and it doesn't cost money. It pays. Yes. That's the that. way to put it. It's, it's more of a, you know, yes, it's a, it's, it's, a, you pay a bit more now, but it's, it's peanuts compared to your overall company revenue. And later down the road, you're not going to have to untangle a bird nest. It's all kind of right there. So true. Yeah. So it's Good that stuff. part. It's and then it's the the branding and the marketing and getting everything right where you're kind of you know synced up across the board with the truck wraps, the digital, the you know everything looks the same, looks good. The, the reputation in the area, um, just all of those moving parts that we discussed. So I think I really appreciate you sharing that stuff because anybody that's just recently been through it kind of knows what 
kind of to expect of anybody else that would be about to go through it. So um, a lot of people. One other Mm -hmm. thing I would say is just modernize your company in general. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not online, you don't have a presence, get get it. You got to have it. And, you know, and um, use the software program that, you know, will make you um, more help you know, make it more professional, have a good database, all that, that stuff is so many good tools like ArboStar, single ops, Arbor gold, like all those tools that will help just systematize your business. Again. Yeah. You look more professional digital invoices. You can follow up. You can, I mean, there's just so many things you can do with that thing. Yeah. And then plus the buyer is going to want to see your clients in one place and all that. Yeah. With their history. And and if you don't have time to put stuff and, and do that data entry, hire somebody to do it. It's yeah. money in the yeah. bank. Yeah. If yeah. you're looking to sell, you've got to put these these pieces of the puzzle together. It's A, going to go faster probably and easier. Plus, you're going to get a higher valuation, right? I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Now, those are- Last thing I, should, I just wanted to mention is too, most deals include no debt, right? So like we at just to share the numbers, I had like $2.2 million in debt on equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to pay all that off in the deal. So what they offer you, you then have to use that offer to pay off the debt. And then the net is what the owner would get. Or yeah, Well, the, yeah. So the owner got everything debt free. Right. I got it. So they basically right? say, here's the offer, but this chunk's going to go to pay the debt off. Well, yeah, however you want to do it, right. but they, when, if they take it over, there's zero debt. And I think that's standard. I think that's pretty standard. That makes sense, too, because there could it be debt in, in the personal names and stuff that don't want to be carried over, too, right? Maybe stuff right. like that. That's right. You're guaranteeing yeah. things personally. Yeah. Or whatever. And um, so, but that goes into your negotiating mm-hmm. price the business. So, you know. That's something they got to figure. Yeah, that, I mean, you got to account for every little thing, and then they're gonna they're gonna let you know about it either, either way, right? When they're when That's they're right, going through they this are. stuff, <laughs> so it's probably better to know about this stuff up front. Well, this has been awesome, like good, so I'm good glad. information. Yeah, I hope um, I hope it it was helpful to others. And That's really what you know. That's no, I appreciate it. It will be because we've got a lot of people that that listen to the podcast and watch the videos and stuff, and they'll really appreciate your wisdom and your insights on kind of how you just went through this process. Mm. And so um, I think it's just an important topic because like you said, it's kind of a consolidation movement, I think, right now with these bigger companies buying the tree companies. And like yeah. we were talking about before, it's going through some of the other mechanical trade businesses from before. And the tree service yeah. seems to be kind of ramping up in that regard, too. Yeah. You know, with um, Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um you're doing a great job too. And, uh, you know, I hope that if people are watching, they're watching and considering using your services if they aren't already. I appreciate that. Thanks so yeah, much. Andy. Well, I'm impressed with you guys. So, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And if there's any other tips or, you know, value added things that you want to discuss in the future, man, you're always welcome back. We're always looking for, for people to share their wisdom with the tree care industry, which, and you, you do a great job of that. You've been a part of TCIA for decades too, right? So, yep. oh yeah. Um, yep. We appreciate it. Right on. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Well, if you're right. watching this on uh, YouTube, like, and subscribe to our channel, or if you got a comment or a question, leave a comment on the YouTube video or on the podcast. We'll be coming up with more expert interviews like Andy's today. 
sharing their valuable wisdom with us on the podcast. And uh, if you hadn't joined our free Facebook group, it's called Tree Service Marketing Secrets. Go take a look at us. We'll put it in the show notes as well. And until next time, we will talk to you then. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Wes.